0: Good morning and welcome to Autism Live on the Autism Network. and if you love that new opener, then you're gonna love today's show because we are having some of the artists who made that happen join us here live in uh, in the show I was gonna say in the studio, but that's ah, no <laughs> We don't we're, we're not in the studio yet but I'm fingers crossed maybe sometime soon. Uh, we're hoping for 2022. the beginning. Uh, let's see if that happens, but anyway, they're going to be joining us. Uh, and I'm not entirely sure at this moment, it's very fluid who's joining and who isn't joining. So we look forward to seeing who shows up here, but, um, we're excited to be talking about that and talking about artists on the autism spectrum and making sure that they work, get work experience. And, um, I just want to say what a positive experience twice now we've gone to spectrum laboratories and said we need work here Uh, you know autism live has been really small and now part of the autism network we're still really really small we're we're basically you know not even a mom and pop shop whatever like a cousin in a whatever shop right um so a lot of the work we try to do ourselves because we don't we don't have tons of money to job out for other things but occasionally there are things that we it's just it makes more sense for us to job out and we we're trying to walk our talk here and it was about two years ago that we really saw that having our own music in-house music because the rights to music is such a you know a thing on the internet and uh, so we reached out to spectrum laboratory and said can you make us some music and what I loved about it was that they said to us, you know, what's your budget? What do you need? And then they worked within that, um, you know, so was incredible. So the music that you hear is part of the, the pod of music that they made for us. And, and I believe that we're having one of the composers join us and we're having definitely one of the mentors, Garth Herberg is going to be joining us. But then, um, when we needed a, a new opener to autism live, it was like, well, you know, where we want something that has some movement and some animation. Where do we go? And we were like, hey, we had such a good experience. Let's go back to Spectrum Laboratories, at uh, Spec Labs, as we all call them. So anyway, we're going to be talking about that, what that process was like. But let me just cut to the chase for you. It was fabulous for us. Uh, I can't wait to hear from the artists and hear how they felt. But I also uh, want to say that we, you know, we've, we paid them. Because that's a part of this conversation too, is making sure that artists get paid and that's across the board, but certainly on the autism spectrum, we have a lot of incredibly talented people, but you know, the truth is, is that you need experience and you, you know, you learn as you go. And if you have a business and you have, whether it's animation or a graphic or something like that, we really encourage you to look to the autism community. And and if you feel at all skittish about that, which you shouldn't, I can tell you that if you partner with somebody like Spectrum Laboratories, it's seamless, boy. It's like... I said this the other day, it's like the Ron Popeil, said it and forget it. Uh, super fun. Good morning to Amanda Bright. Brings me to my next thing. We're live right now. It is Monday. It is the 8th of November and the year is 2021. We're live right now. You can be writing in your questions, thoughts, concerns, complaints, whatever you want to write in right now on our live chat. And, uh, we're, we're live on YouTube. We're live on, um, Twitter. I started to say Periscope, but that is so, uh, you know, 2020, uh, 2019 really. Uh, but we're live on Facebook and Twitter and look, we're on Twitch. We're on all these places. Traven's showing you some of the different places that you can find us live and in podcast. And we are a podcast. In fact, we are the number one rated autism podcast worldwide. And that is thanks to you. Please don't, don't think that we don't know that. We know that you guys have liked us. You've shared us, you have reviewed us. We're, unfortunately we're in the position where we just want to ask you to keep on doing that. Watch, share, learn, um, and definitely, uh, let others know because that's that's really what we want is this conversation to flow. We know that you've got something to add and that there's somebody out there who could potentially benefit from something that somebody says on this program. I do wanna point out that on our YouTube channel, we we have a channel that spans more than 10 years of content. So we encourage you, we're beefing up our search features, but we encourage you to be searching and finding the topics that you want. But if you don't see immediately what you want, please feel free to write in right now. Um, or, uh, you can always, if you're not watching a live show if more of you watch us in podcast or listen to us in podcast, you have the choice. Uh, you can always write to me at Shannon. So it's Shannon at autism live.com. And we will do our best to try to, you guys have been writing in some guest suggestions. And so I've got a list I'm working from, and we're checking that out. So that's really fun. Uh, I, I I was laughing this morning because just before we came live on the show, a friend from high school who I haven't heard from in, I don't, like, at least a decade, um, messaged me and said, I was just going through some old photos and I found this picture of you. I had an amazing friend in high school who unfortunately is no longer with us. Brilliant, talented woman. She actually originated the role of Franny on As the World Turns, such a talented woman. Um, and in high school, she was just, you know, that friend that was just crazy. And we were always up to some antic together. It really was Lucy and Ethel, and I was the Ethel. Um, and she was, man, her creative creativity and the ideas. But so he sent me a picture that apparently in his science class, she and I one day made an appearance in the science class dressed as poop. We, we came, I, I don't remember this. There was a picture of of she and I with our faces sticking out of brown paper. I don't remember that. What I remember is that sometime after that, her Halloween costume, she got more, um, you know, this is well before the poop emoji, but she formed this, uh, I think it was paper mache, this pile of poo and there were flies that were on wires buzzing around. It was the most clever costume I ever saw in my Why? Why we were dressing as Pooh? I couldn't tell you why we did that in it, but I was laughing about it. I love technology now that, you know, you can not see somebody for 10 years and they share with you a picture of when you dressed as Pooh in high school and don't remember it isn't that wonderful Uh, i don't know why i felt the need to share that just that i was laughing about it right as we were coming on the air Uh, and uh love to remember the spirit of of terry and um i also i know the other thing that i wanted to say is that yesterday was the daylight savings time is over that we are now back on what the rhythm is as, as somebody posted on facebook a friend of mine we're now back into the real rhythm of the sun and the moon and stars So that's great, I guess, um, because it's going to get darker earlier. And that tells us we can go to bed earlier, I guess. Um, But it's just a natural thing that it gets darker earlier. And then we monkey with it by changing it one hour in the spring and in the fall. And I always want to use that as an example of a couple of different things. If you see that you are a little bit thrown off this week, like you're confused, like what time is it where you know, like you just can't get it together, then join the club because that is so many of us. And I want to point out to you that if you think about that, when we talk to you on the show about interventions and doing things slowly, I want you to think about the fact that every single day of your life, the light changes by it's like a minute and 30, not even a minute and 14 seconds. Every day, the sun sets a a minute or so uh, faster or slower depending on what season we're in. And we don't notice it except that all of a sudden we'll go, Hey, it's getting dark earlier now, or Hey, it's getting dark later now. right? but we don't get freaked out by it. We don't get all discombobulated and don't know where we put you know, our keys uh, because it just happens a minute a day. But then twice a year, we change it by a full hour. And some of us, myself included, come close to meltdown because we increased it by 59 minutes. So I want you to think about the fact when our kiddos, when we change something and when we change it just a little, then we give them the opportunity to cope just like we cope with the time change for a minute. But when we change things by a lot, suddenly it's going to throw them off. And we should understand that because we are thrown off when we change it by 59 minutes. But notice that when you do it slow enough, you can make huge changes over a period of time and no one has to freak out. So I think that that's a really good example. But the other thing that I wanna bring up is that sometimes when we're trying to remember to do something, it's really effective to pair it with something else. So it's like a placeholder. Have you noticed that like when it's your birthday, you sort of notice like, oh, well, last year we did this. And I remember that because it's on my birthday, right? Um, So I always encourage families that when we do the daylight savings, time in the spring and in the fall, it's a perfect reminder to check all the safety things in your house. So this week is the perfect time and it's the reminder to you, oh, we do the daylight savings thing. Oh, link it together. I got to change. I got to check, do the goal walk around, do it. And if you can't do it for yourself, do it for Feta, Alma, Lady and Moo, right? Um, because I, wouldn't we all do anything to have them back, go around, check the alarms. And then I encourage you to also do some sort of a safety drill, whether it's a fire drill, an earthquake drill, whatever seems to make the most sense to you right now and switch it up every season and switch up what room you started in, switch up what time you do it. Don't ever do it the same twice in a row. So if you've done a fire drill on a Saturday morning, do one on a Friday night after it's dark, right? And have everybody practice, make it fun. We're not scaring our kids, but have everybody practice. Okay. You know, there goes the fire alarm. What are we going to do? We're all going to meet outside on the front lawn and stand there and not go anyplace else until we all are accounted for. These are life-saving things. And if, and we, a lot of times we say, oh yeah, I'll do that next week. Oh, right. I'm supposed to do that. I'll get to it. Pair it with the changing of the clocks. And then at least twice a year, at least twice a year you'll do it. And sometimes that's what saves lives. So let's all hold on to each other and do that, okay? All right, Uh, I wanna remind you that we've got wonderful people on the show today, but um, we have lots of experts and I, I like to always remind you at the start of the show, I'm not one of the experts. Let's remember what my credentials are. I'm a former teacher, so I'm always going to be a teacher, right? Um, But I'm a very proud mom of a young man who's in college now. He was diagnosed with autism at the age of two and a half. I couldn't be more proud of this kid. I had the benefit of getting good information about good quality intensive behavioral intervention. And relatively, we were able to start relatively early. Don't I wish I could have started a little bit earlier? But, you know, I'm very lucky. Um, and my son flourished and is, and is doing great. And so that's the place that I come from. I want to help you to get to whatever place you need to get to. We always say here that our mission is information and inspiration. Uh, we always want you to know that our show event for that larger autism community, which starts of course with individuals on the autism spectrum. They are the beating heart community and our cause, but we also include in the conversation that we have everyone who loves those individuals, because we feel very strongly that if we pair allies with people on the autism spectrum, that we're going to make great progress and that eventually that should be the entire world. right? uh, people on the spectrum and people who love people on the spectrum, let's make it the whole world, right? That's what we're about here. So please join in when, uh, into the conversation from whatever point of view you're at, we welcome you here. We know that it is not one size fits all. They're not, we're not all gonna agree on everything. It's okay. One of the things that we love and celebrate here is the spirit of individuality, right? different is not less different is amazing in fact i i love different uh so i love that our guests are here so i'm going to breeze through our jargon of the day really quick so we can get our guests in with us uh and maybe uh I, lo- I love that everybody's name is there. I'm so excited. Yay. Uh, but really quickly, we like to start the show with something we fondly refer to as jargon of the day. This is our opportunity to take one word, one phrase, one acronym. We try to figure out what in the hey nani nani are those experts talking about and why should we bother to learn these terms? And I'm somebody who really hated the jargon terms. Uh, and then I saw that the jargon terms, when you understand them can save you time and money. And I'm all about saving time and money, right? Because if you save money, then you've got it for something else, right? So today's term is definitely a money saver. If you understand what this term means out of pocket maximum. Oh, for corn's sake, Ethel, what are we talking about here? Yep. This is an insurance term. And I know I'm just going to start out by apologizing, saying like we didn't all have enough jargon terms to learn, but now we have to learn insurance jargon terms. Yes, we do. And this time of year, it's very I'm so glad we're doing this today because for a lot of you, you're right smack dab in the middle or approaching the period of time when you have open enrollment at your work. It is worthwhile to understand what this term means because it might save you a lot of money in the next year or in the coming years. So let's take a look at what the actual definition is. We love to give actual definitions and make fun of them and then get give a a watered down version that's a little bit more user friendly. But this one isn't bad. This one comes to us from HealthCare.gov. out of pocket maximum is the most you have to pay for covered services in a plan year. So most plans go from January 1st to December 31st. Let's get that out of the way. After you spend this amount on deductibles, co pays, and co insurance for in network care and services, your health care plan pays 100% of the costs of covered benefits. The out of pocket limit does not include your monthly premiums. Okay as definitions go, this is not bad. I actually quite like this definition, but if you're really new to insurance, you're like, huh, what? Hmm, I don't know what this is. So let's, let's make this really specific. If you are someone who is looking at an autism intervention that is at all intensive. Okay. So let's go on to our working definition because out of pocket maximum is the amount of money you're going to pay. It's the amount of money you need in order to pay for your child to get that early intensive behavior intervention in the current calendar year it doesn't include what you pay for insurance so when you don't have something going on in your life that that you know is going to be medical bills a lot of times when you're shopping for an insurance plan you're like, well, how, you know, what are the premiums? How much is going to cost me to get it? And a lot of times people stop there. They go, well, this one is $60 a month and this one is $10 a month. I think I'm going to take the $10 a month one, right? And if you're healthy, that might be a great choice for you. If you have no medical bills and you're not treating yourself or a kiddo with autism, hey, that might be the choice. But if you have any concern or you know you've got any big medical thing happening or you have a child on the spectrum and you know you're going to be doing some intensive behavioral intervention, then you know you're going to spend some money. So that premium, that's the the first cost, how much it costs you, isn't the only indicator that you want to know. You might actually go and say, well, when I go to the doctor, what does it cost me? And you're going to hear things like there's a a, a $2,000 deductible which always kills me. So I got to pay $60 a month for this, for the privilege of having this insurance. And every time I go to the doctor, I got to pay hundred percent of it until I pay $2,000. Huh, what, hmm, that always kills me, right? Um, but, and then some times you have a copay where every time you go, you pay $20, right? So you could look at all of those factors. And if you're in a situation where you're not sure about your insurance, absolutely look at all of them. But if you have a kiddo on the spectrum and you're going to be doing behavioral intervention and you're going to do it intensively, you can just jump right to the out-of-pocket maximum because that's the golden number. If you have a kiddo that's going to do intensive ABA, good quality, I hope, um, you're going to spend your out-of-pocket maximum every year for the first two years at least. It's going to happen. So you look at the plans and this one costs $10 a month, right? But the out-of-pocket maximum is $6,000. So you go, I'm going to pay $10 a month and I'm going to spend $6,000 this year. Okay, well now I know what I'm really talking about. Then you look at the $50 a month one and the $50 a month one has a $2,000 out-of-pocket maximum. So I can pay $50 a month and I'm only going to spend a total of $2,000 beyond that $50 a month um, for the whole year. So I always do these charts and I encourage parents to do charts where where you just write out the months and write out how much am I paying for it? How much will the services cost me? And then you see at what point, because once you hit your out-of-pocket maximum, if your out-of-pocket maximum is $2,000, once you have spent $2,000, all of the therapy, therapy beyond that, in fact, every time you go to the doctor, um, it's going to be covered. And what's amazing is that when you understand this, we see families that get like $120,000 worth of therapy for $2,000. Now, when you put it in those terms, you go, Oh, I'm going to get $120,000 worth of something. And I'm only going to pay $2,000. Then that gets a little bit easier to understand. Um, but understanding that you're probably going to pay your out-of-pocket maximum. So you should know what it is it's the golden number. Sometimes that means you got to fundraise because I I can hear you all going, I don't have $2,000. I don't have $6,000. What you talking about, Willis? Right? But a lot of us fundraise to get to that point or apply for grants. There are amazing grants that are out there that are up to $5,000. So imagine if your your, um, out-of-pocket maximum was $4,000 for this next year, you get a grant for $4,000. Now you didn't have to pay anything. It's sweet, right? Um, but what's really important to notice here are two things. Um, let's say you start now. Your child is starting therapy now. You have to, you know, you're not going to reach your out-of-pocket maximum from now to January. But next year you would. So you got to factor that in too. Amanda says, I, un- I never understood how they figure out how much, what, uh, what about our family plans? Our family deductible is 700 and our in network out of pocket is 10,000. How do they divide that up? So, um, usually there's a number on your explanation of benefits. They call it an EOB. And it, when it says there's deductibles, a whole other thing, deductible is you have to, so if the deductible is $700, that means you have to pay $700 before the insurance kicks in and pays anything. Right. Um, but once, so let's say you pay the $700 and then maybe you have an 80 20 split where you pay 80, they pay 80% you pay 20%. So you pay the $700 and every time you go, you're going to pay 20%, 20%, 20% until you get to $10,000. But you'll notice on your explanation of benefits, it'll say um, out-of-pocket maximum, and then um, there's a number, and then a slash, and another number. So the first number is usually for an individual, and then the second number is for a family. So you might have A deductible for $3,000 per individual, but $10,000 for family. So if your child on the autism spectrum is getting intensive behavioral intervention and you spend $3,000 on that behavioral intervention, now your child gets all of their ABA for free the rest of the year because you spent your $3,000 on them. Plus they get all of their doctor appointments for free. But let's say that you go in and you have a couple of procedures and now you've spent money too. You you got to your out-of-pocket maximum too, your $3,000. So now everything's free for you, but your other kids still aren't covered. If you end up getting to the point where as a family, you spend $1,000 on healthcare, then everybody's healthcare is free for the rest of the year. I don't know a lot of people who get to their family out of pocket maximum is hard to do, um, to be honest with you, because you got to be having enough doctor's appointments on a regular basis. It's not impossible. Um, But the great thing is, is that you can look at that and go, okay, I know that for sure my family on in-network costs, anything that's been approved is not going to spend more than $10,000 in this calendar year. So you have some peace of mind. What happens is you don't go into debtor's prison, which doesn't exist anymore because you had such catastrophic uh, medical bills that there was no way you could keep up with it. So so $10,000 is very scary, right? But it's a lot better than getting, I mean, I've gotten a bill before for um, $30,000 from one emergency room visit, right? And fortunately I had insurance so that I didn't have to pay that, but there are people who have to. So you got it, Amanda. Um, yeah. Uh, and, and, and Amanda says we are normally maxed out by February for the kids, but what's great about that. I mean, you know, a lot of times with ABA providers, you will get maxed out by February with your out-of-pocket maximum. I really, but people freak out. They get the bills and they go, we can't afford this. And they stop therapy or they say, we just can't do as many hours. That's not the ticket. What you want to do is go to your ABA provider and say, uh, you know, get.
1: through it that
0: way and then get all the therapy you can the rest of the year, make the insurance pay out. Right. Uh, yeah. My internet went out for just a second, you guys, but I'm back. I'm back. Uh, but my point is when you know how to work this, If you're wanting to do, if your kiddo was diagnosed and they said, what what would be ideal for your three-year-old is 40 hours of ABA, intensive, good quality ABA, and you're thinking there's no way we can afford this, I just want you to realize you're not trying to raise $100,000. You might be trying to raise $2,000 or $5,000, and there's grants and there's fundraisers and it is doable. A lot of us have managed it with like some really interesting ideas. It gets a lot easier to raise $5,000 and and why not get everything that your child needs? That's my philosophy on that. So that's out-of-pocket maximum. If you don't get it right now, don't panic. It's one of those things that it's like, "Ah, I don't quite get it. And then all of a sudden, when you see it in your life, because there's so many variables, you go, oh, I totally get it. Uh, all right. And I will say that I don't have endless amounts of time, but if you really don't understand it, write to me and I'll go through it with you. I'll, I'll have you get out an EOB. I've done this with hundreds of families and we look at it and we go, okay, so here's what your insurance is. Now, you know what you have to plan for or to comparison shop and go, well, this plan for what you're facing the next year, you know, you might as well go with the one that's going to save you $4,000. Yeah. All right. But I'm excited that Amanda said she got it. So there's my email, Shannon at autism-live.com. All right. Because this can save you time and money and ha- help your child so, so, so very much. All right. Moving on. We always have a question of the day. Uh, how much parents have to pay in Sydney for ABA based therapy, uh, just recently joined. So in Sydney, it's a different can of worms. And I don't, I'll be honest with you, Sonia, I don't know how much you guys have insurance coverage there. So that would be a really interesting thing. But if you want to write to me, I'm happy to walk through it with you, um, to see, because it would be an interesting thing for me to know, but I don't know what the state of insurance is in Australia. Um, here in the United States, we have mandates in all 50 States now. So almost everyone, not everyone, but the vast majority of people have insurance coverage, which is amazing, or the ability to buy into a low cost plan that includes behavioral health. It's It's a thing we fought for, for, for many, many years. I never believed it would happen in my lifetime, but the the thing that's happening right now that is so scary to me is that people don't understand what they have and they're not taking advantage of it because they don't understand things like out-of-pocket maximum. And so they have this opportunity and they're letting it slide by. So, um, you know, isn't that horrifying? And for people who live in other places in the country, they're like, you know, hey, you guys pay attention. Your insurance would pay for this and you're not, you're not doing it. You're getting in the way of that. Um, like I I know people in other countries are just like, I just don't understand. I it's misinformation. And, uh, part of what we're trying to combat here is to put the the power into the hands of the people that need it to understand these terms, which can just look, right. Sink your battleship. So anyway, Uh, So our question for the day is when is your open enrollment? For here in the States, you know, every year there's a period of time in which you have the opportunity to change your insurance and your, um, whether it's a state plan or through your job. So if you have not liked your plans or you feel that something's coming up, you have the opportunity a lot of times they do this in November at with a lot of hr departments and i know that there are departments who do it at different times but i think the vast majority do it in November so and it's about a 2 to 3 week period where they go here are the plans you decide and if you have questions contact the hr department and you know a lot of times they'll put you in a class where people answer questions as if you already have a law degree and a degree in insurance but Sometimes it's just easier to winnow it down and go, okay, here are the numbers I absolutely have to know. Uh, But first thing you got to know is when is your open enrollment? Your employer should tell you, but if you're in a state plan, you may not know. So it's very important that you know, because during the open enrollment, you can change your mind for things starting January 1st. Um, So worthwhile to take a look at it right now with law, insurance laws, the way they are right now, unless you have a qualifying event, if it gets to be April and you go, Oh, I get this now. Oh, I see where I would have saved so much money. I want to change now. And they go, what's your qualifying event. And if you don't have a qualifying event, which many of us don't in April, then you don't get to change until the following year. I've lost thousands of dollars by not knowing when my open enrollment is. So don't be me you know, those little stick figure things where they they used to show, you know, Shannon does this. Don't be Shannon. Don't not know what your open enrollment is. Okay. Uh, moving right along. We always have a topic of the week and our topic this week to go hand in hand with everything else that we're doing here, uh, is understanding the insurance. It's terrible. Like I didn't, can I just tell you, I didn't get the benefit of the insurance thing. It, um, it, it happened while my son was still getting um, behavioral intervention, but we were in that outside group that my husband's uh, insurance, which is what we were using, uh, was uh, self-funded insurance. So they didn't have to do it. So we and they didn't they chose not to do it. So we didn't have the benefit of insurance. And there was a part of me that was like, well, then I don't have to understand that. And it was right at the tail end of my son's um, intensive early intervention. And so I was like, good, I don't, I don't have to learn all this. (laughs) And over the years, you know, I've had to learn all this because it's a central part of how this thing works. And I feel bad saying to those of you who are parents that this is, I think this is make or break. Understanding how to play the insurance thing, uh, is, is make or break it, you know, part of you know, you got to pace yourself to be able to help your child. Um, and you got to pace yourself financially and you got to pace yourself medically and take care of yourself. And I, I see insurance as being the linchpin in the whole thing. So understanding how it works, how your insurance works is really pivotal and it's not easy. And I think they make it hard deliberately for a reason, cause they save money at your expense. So I'm encouraging everybody, let's really get to know the insurance, but all right. I don't know about you, but I talk about insurance and then I want to run screaming from the building with my hair on fire. So we did all that. That's over. Class is over today. And now we get to do the fun thing. We've got some amazing guests that are here with us that are going to be joining us on the screen right now. And I'm not even a hundred percent sure who's here, but I see Amos uh, I mentioned earlier that we are featuring today from Spectrum Laboratories, the artist that made the opener for us here. Uh, so I see that Amos is there. I believe that Sean is with us, and I believe that Garth is with us. So why don't we bring them all in and then and have you guys meet them and have them talk a little bit about, uh, look, and Garth's in the studio. <laughs> John, I Sean, we haven't actually met, so I'm so happy to have you here with us. Why don't we start with Sean, introduce yourself and talk a little bit about uh, what you did. I can't hear you, Sean, are you muted? Have we got sound on Sean? Well, Sean figures that out. Amos, I'm gonna have you say something. Introduce yourself while we figure Sean out. Can you hear me? I can hear you.
1: Okay, cool. Hey, I'm Amos. I'm an artist. I work with Spectrum Labs. I work with uh, Garth and Jason, um, helping with the classes, and I also do some art with them too. And um, this was a really fun project um, working on this opening for the show. I got to work with uh, Jason, Sean, uh, Garth helped with the music, and also Cooper, who helped with the design. We had an artist named Cooper who's a I think I can I'll give his Instagram later so people can follow him but um yeah I mean I'm I've been I'm living in LA um I'm from Boston and uh I I think like other people involved with the show I was diagnosed with being on the spectrum when I was a kid and um you know I've had a long journey in my life I kind of Still think I'm young. I'm like, oh, I'm I'm a kid, <laughs> and I'm like, realize, oh my God, I'm almost like 30 now. And I'm like, oh, I've had kind of a long journey going from being a kid who had a hard time going to school and couldn't like get get ready for school without like having a like breakdown every day. And and now I'm like, oh, I'm okay. Now I'm out here in California and I'm doing art and getting paid for it. Like it's it, sometimes I have to kind of wake myself up a little bit, but. Um, I've, I've had a long journey and, uh, I think I've had, it's, it's been made a lot easier with the support of all the great people out here who, um, who are, uh, on the, in the autism community. And you can't, you can't do it alone. You, you need the help of, uh, people to sort of motivate you and help you with your shortcomings and stuff. So I love
0: all of that, Amos. And, uh, I, mean, I didn't know that you were from Boston. I don't think that that's, um, that I was aware of that, um, but, but that's super fun. We love Boston. Um, and I'm so happy to hear that you had a good experience uh, working on this project, because there were times when I was like, oh, I think I'm being difficult. Uh, so I want to talk about that in a minute, uh, but I understand that Sean's uh, audio is working. We're getting a little bit of a feedback loop, uh, but Sean, do you want to say hi and tell us a little bit about you?
2: Hello everyone, I'm Sean McCrae, uh, lived in L.A. my entire life, but uh, I compose music, uh, but also like Amos, I also do illustrations and uh, animation. Oh, I can't hear you guys now. No,
0: I didn't say anything, you were just listening to you, you're doing good. Uh, so I love that. And so, on my understanding is that you did, uh, you were a part of working on the music.
2: Yeah, so I, I was uh, tasked with the responsibility of making the the intro music.
0: Okay. Well, I, I have a bunch of questions about that, but I want to throw to Garth for just a second. We've had Garth before on the show. I'm, I'm a big fan of Garth. And hey, Garth, Shannon. I love seeing you in this studio from above. It's just this amazing um, shot. How are you? And tell, tell the viewers if they haven't seen you on the show before, tell them a little bit about you, Garth.
3: Sure. Good to see you again, Shannon. It's been a Me long too. time. Um,
0: yeah.
3: yeah. So I co-founded Spectrum Laboratory with Jason Weisbro in 2015 um, so that we could work with really great artists and, and help promote a culture of, of great art within the autism world. And um, recently, uh, I got a lease on this studio here, which is really exciting. And we're doing uh, several SpecLab programs here, and we're doing a lot of really cool projects here, um, mainly focusing on, on the sound component of Spectrum Laboratory, So that encompasses music and voice acting. Um, and what can I say, just really excited. We've, uh, in the last year, I feel like Spec Labs has gotten more work coming in from clients than maybe ever uh, in our past. So, and what, and that's been for all our departments, you know, on the illustration side and film side and music and voice acting now is getting gigs. So. We're just really excited to see that trend continue and to be working with really awesome artists like Sean and Amos.
0: Yeah, I, I gotta say, you know, I think what you guys are doing is amazing because it's not like you went out into the world and, and started beating a drum and going, hey, you should hire our artists. It's always been there, but I think what you guys focus on is creating art and, and that that's what you do. But But for so many of us, first in the community we started looking and going oh but wait a second I, I see all this amazing art that you're doing and it's amazing and wait a second I want I want to be a part of that for my business and I have needs for my business and do you mean that we could partner with you and you then I then I don't have to interview the artists. This is one of my favorite things about this, and anybody who has a business and needs art, this is what why it's so great. Because I don't have to go and like have people present their portfolios to me and have me say, well, um, you know, I think that Amos would be the right person for this, because I don't know enough about art to look at Amos's portfolio and go, yes, he's the guy for me. So instead, you know, a couple of years ago, I reached out to you, Garth, and said, we need some music here that we can be using. And, I, and you asked me a bunch of questions that I didn't even know the answers to. You were like, how many seconds? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and Garth kind of talked, Garth mentored me through like, here's here's what I think you need. And then Garth, talk a little bit about what you then, how you put a team of people together and how you guys worked on the music. Cause we didn't get just the music that you see in the opener. We got a couple of different things.
3: Yeah, 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 yeah. When, we, when we'd spoken, um the idea was to provide music for um, all the needs of Autism Live, so interstitial moments, um, credits, whatever you guys needed. So uh, I brought on three different composers. Uh, Sean McRae was one of them, um, Atticus Jackson was another, and so was Lucas Zalewski. And we uh, we just discussed kind of the different um, moods, the different sort of vibes that you needed for the show. and. Um, everybody just kind of took a stab at it. We had, um, they kind of created uh, musical themes and then had like a long form of that, a short form of that. And we just sent a bunch of stuff your way and you get you guys got to listen to it and sort of say what uh, what you liked, what really stood out to you. Um, it was great. And I think everybody that worked on it on our end just just loved it. There's a certain sense of, you know, pride and confidence that comes from getting hired to do a job you know, and and seeing, you know, your craft that you've been working on for a long time uh, being appreciated and valued.
0: And the truth is you couldn't have made it easier for us on the, on our end, because I came to you and you what I love about you guys is that there is no like quote unquote stupid question that, um, I was like, is that something you can do? And, um, you know, sometimes when you go to different places and ask there, like you got to already know, or they make you feel like you're ig- ig- ignoramus. Yeah. You guys don't do that. <laughs> you guys asked me questions. And when I said to you, I don't know, you then talked to me through it and mentored me, which a lot of times, like, I don't care how artistic you are. You can't be like, you, like I guess there are some people who can do animation and write music like Sean does and know about so many other things. But for me, I don't know those things. I can't know everything. So you walking me through it really helped. And then you were able to like go and work with the artists, come back and and be a go-between for the collaboration so that we ended up with a product that we were super happy with. And and Sean, I'm so excited that I get to say this to your face. We just love the music that you guys created. Just love it. And it feels very much like it was created for us. I'm curious, Sean, in the process did they have you guys go and look at any of the stuff that we did or was there or did they just tell you about the feel and then you went back and created you remember it's been a while
2: yeah it's been what like almost two years yeah but i think it was a little bit of both
3: yeah, as I recall, we we referred back to the the theme music that you guys were using at the mm. time as kind of a springboard, but there was a lot of direction on top of that too.
0: Very cool. I just, I, I when you guys create music, I just don't like that. Is so outside my experience. I'm fascinated by it. It's uh, well, I just don't to, know how it just springs out of you. But just it's to say to
3: something, just to sing Sean's praises too. Um, I mean, Sean really is like a, a brilliant musician and collaborator. So whereas, you know, with, with some artists um, at Spec Labs, there's there's quite a training period or there's, you know, the, there's a time where they're really in the learning phase and they're more so a student than they are kind of a, a producing artist. Um, Sean pretty much out the gate was <laughs> ready to go and just brilliant and he continues to grow and just do amazing things. So I encourage people to, to check his work out too.
0: Yeah, so before we do anything else, let's talk about where we could go. Sean, where can we go to see your work?
2: Uh, let's see. Um, can I send you a link real quick? Because yeah, I have. You
0: can put it right in the yeah, chat. Yeah, You can put it right in the chat, and then Traven will be able to show it. Amos, where can we go to see your work?
1: So I'm on Instagram. Um, It's a at Amos Stamos. It's like John Stamos, but with Amos at the beginning. Um, I I post most of my stuff on there and I have a link to my website, which is amosillustrated.com.
0: Wonderful. So I want to jump time. um, After we did, after we had such a great experience with the music, when we were getting ready to, you know, shift everything at Autism Live, um, we knew we needed a new opener. And... Uh, so I reached out to Jason and Jason almost immediately, um, had me meet with you. And then as you mentioned, Cooper was also involved. You guys were meeting with Cooper. I didn't get to meet with Cooper, but one of the things that I loved Amos was that you and Jason a little bit, but you started asking me questions. Again, how long did I want it? And you made some amazing suggestions. I don't know whether you realize this, but you really influenced me about how long the opener would be. You said something to me about, you said the current opener that we had felt more like a TV show than a podcast. And I was like, well, isn't that good? I like it looking like a TV show. And, and you reminded me that when I'm watching a podcast, I don't wanna sit through a minute long thing before I get to the content. And that was a perspective that I had not thought about, Amos. So for everybody who, who now watches our podcast and doesn't have to fast forward through a minute of opener, I just want you to remember and thank Amos because he's the one who led me to that. Um, but there were many things, Amos, that you you just had a like a very clear perspective that you brought to me. But I, wanted to, I want you to talk a little bit about what what you can be honest what was the collaborative process like for you because i think i i kind of went one direction and then came back in another so be honest
1: oh i mean it was it was great it was just it was the i remember it was like we got to get this done now so i was like all right sometimes when you have to do something fast you have to your brain kind of goes into like go mode it's like go mm-hmm. and and i was like kind of just shooting off ideas i was like oh this 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 and, and i think that um yeah i mean i thought the opening you guys had was was really cool like the animation and stuff was really all elaborate and awesome but i just like started talking about like my own experience and like um watching podcasts and i'm uh, every i mean this is maybe a little bit like just my own perspective but like whenever i watch podcasts it's kind of just like here's the opening and the show starts and yeah i sort of thought maybe it'd be cool to try something that's quick and you know, see how that goes, and and just to differentiate our, our take from what came before, and yeah. um, and it really kind of forced us to kind of get to the get to the sort of point of what you guys were trying to communicate, which I think is the most difficult thing about creating a visual is like, how do I distill so much information into one image? It's, it can be very challenging, and yeah. I think that like, I think we just got lucky that we had come up with an idea that that was fun and was really fun to do. And, you know, I had I had enough time to to animate it. And um, I think like, I, w- I wouldn't have been able to do that if I had not had. I think if I had done this like five years ago, I probably would have been like, oh, this is too much work. But I think I've had enough experience now that I'm like, OK, I can animate this this weekend. I can do it. Um, and it was great. and it was. I was really, I was really happy that it came out. Like I remember when we finished, I was like, "Oh, this is awesome!" I like, put, I put it on my Instagram. I watched it a couple times. I'm like this is cool, and the music is awesome too. And um, I love it. Yeah, so it was, it was really fun to work on, and uh, and uh, I like the challenge. I like when things are when you know it's like, "Oh, we got to go fast." And I always like saying, "Well, I haven't done this before. Let's." I like doing things I haven't done before, which
0: is cool. Yeah. I I love when you were talking about getting all the things that we wanted into this one image, and you kept bringing that up during the collaborative process that we would, you know, we would brainstorm and we would talk about all these things and, and have ideas, but you kept keeping us on message, on point, Amos. I was really impressed with that, that you kept on saying and asking me questions as the client saying, well, what is the message that you, you know, that we're trying to get all in? What, and I think the first time you asked me that, I don't think I was as concise as I needed to be, but you kept massaging it out of me until I feel like we really got there. I'm so pleased with where it ended up. Um, I feel like it, it, it doesn't says exactly what we needed. Um, and, and that you encouraged us to constantly keep stepping out of our, what we, our preconceived notions and getting to that one image, uh, which I so appreciated. It was really great. But I also want to talk about, you know, what you just said, which was, um, that your experience that five years ago, this might've been overwhelming to you. Let's, I mean, what did you have? Was it even two weeks? Was it 10 days to really work on this?
1: I mean, I think that it, the, the challenging part was, uh, I think with every project like this, the challenging part is, um, Coming up with that idea that you're like, all right, this is it. You know what I mean? <laughs> this is the one. And uh once you have, once you have that idea, it's always like, How much time do you have to execute it? Yeah. And I, I think I think with this one I had like I had like four days or something, but but I think what was really great about that is it forced me to be uh efficient with how I execute it. Yeah. You know, I didn't I didn't linger on anything that wasn't sort of necessary. Um Yeah. Uh, when you're in a tough bind you know the best thing to do is just you know go on the internet like how do I do this you know and just start searching things and, um, yeah but that but yeah this I actually will say just from personal experience because i have been doing some of these projects for a while a couple of years this is the first time I did it and I didn't have like a like a lot of anxiety I felt very like okay mm-hmm. I felt confident like I felt which I think was really nice it was kind of like a, a a good, a, a felt like a good moment in my experience working on projects like this, I was like, ah, oh, I feel I feel confident. I feel, because I, I think I'm especially so because I had the help of um, Spec Labs, I'd help Jason and all those people. I like, think
3: I, I think uh, it's, it is a bit surprising to hear that, because you never really, I never see that anxiety from you. I just always see great work. And, you know, I, I just feel like you're, you consistently have a really, high standard that you hold yourself up to and you always deliver on that, you know, and, I, and I'm just a big fan of your your drawing style in general. So just I'm, I'm always looking forward to seeing like the next thing that you're going to illustrate.
0: Yeah, I too, for people that are watching and are considering considering doing this, I'm so happy to hear Amos say that that was his experience, because I'll be honest, We met one time and just threw around some ideas and you guys had come to the meeting with a a couple of sketches. and, And I was saying, I like this about this sketch and I like that about that sketch. And we were sort of talking about colors and themes and all of that stuff. So it was very, you know, not, it was taking shape, but not there yet. And then you guys went away and came back with some sketches and I sat there and I was like, oh, it wasn't the direction that I wanted. And I had that scary little moment that I think everybody has of like, oh no, because I don't want to offend them, but it's not the right thing. I can't just say it's the right thing. And like, what am I going to do? And, and I, you know, was able to talk to, to Jason and just so you know, Amos, I was like, okay, but the last thing in the world that I want to do is offend them. The work is good. It's just not the right direction. And so he said, "Well, let's get together again. Let's meet again." And we got to meet again and you asked me a bunch more questions, Amos. And I felt like as an artist, you were just so open and like non-judgmental of your work and my opinion of like cuz it was work and it was good work, but it wasn't right for the thing that I was wanting. And and you very quickly listened to what I said and changed it into exactly what i needed and and i didn't have to feel like i had stymied your process and i think part of that is who you are as an artist but i also think that part of it was that that jason was like well no we're gonna get you what you want and don't don't be squeamish about it it was so good for me as the client i just want to encourage everybody if you've got work you should be jobbing it out to spec labs and letting them pair you with an artist um, because it was so good. So, Amos, were you all all aware of any of that when you were talking with Jason? Were you aware that that I that after the one iteration, I was like, oh, I don't want to give away too much, but there was a discussion about a brain at one point, and I felt like we'd gone too far in the brain direction.
1: No, yeah, I mean that's that's the thing is um, that's the thing about the pro- like the creative process is you have to kind of try stuff out, and at least I like to try stuff out. Um, and I think that that's something that some people don't aren't as uh, into is like, I let you kind of go, oh, let's go down this way, let's go down this way. And yeah. and if, sometimes when you get to that part where you're like, okay, this doesn't really work. And then, but I think you have to, if you're going to do art jobs, you have to be really okay with just being like, all right, start over, like move move on to something different. Because you can't get a, they always say you can't get too precious with what you're working on you have to. especially there's always if there's a better idea and it's like right in front of you you gotta just be okay with going for it and not taking things personally it's like i mean i've heard stories about people who um went to art school and they like they had teachers like train them to not get attached to what they're working on like they would like take their art and like tear it up and stuff and it's like i've heard stories about that (laughs)
2: like like,
1: old art schools and stuff that's brutal yeah but it's like it's kind of it, it I, it is brutal I can see why they do it because if you're if you're attached to what you're working on you're gonna lose the opportunity to like have that light bulb moment where it's like oh shoot like
3: it's it's important though to have a vehicle for your own creativity I, I think that's something we really try to do is to have an avenue that's just really about your own personal creativity and then an avenue that's about you being a professional and developing a craft and being able to, deliver based on your client's needs, um, both are so important. And I, I feel like uh, we would be really doing a disservice if we ignored one half or, you know, or the other.
0: Absolutely. And I, I, we, I can't believe we're almost out of time. Um, but I want to say that um, I just can't state enough how important the Spec Labs element of this has been and, and what great work that you guys are doing. Um, but it's super important that these artists get the opportunity to have more experience for their portfolio, more experience, um, you know, doing this collaborative process, but they need to get paid. And so if you guys have jobs, you need to be giving your jobs to these young people. Sean, I would love to go to you for a second, and then I'm going to come to you one more time. Amos, tell, tell us one thing that has helped you learn and grow at working with Spectrum Laboratories.
2: Um, just sort of going and, and doing it, because really you could, you could do a bunch of planning, you could hesitate, but it's just being in that zone, just dropping in there and just okay, just letting all the things go.
0: I love that. Well, you're doing amazing work, Amos. What what has helped you at Spec Labs uh, to be the artist that you are, not the artist from five years ago?
1: Um, I think it's I think it's uh, understanding how like important collaboration is. Understanding um like just that other people they've got your back, you know. Like and if you like feel that you're committed, if you commit to something, you say I'm in this. I'm gonna try and be as professional as possible um, you know just knowing that collaborating with people can really help amplify your strengths and like make you feel like your weaknesses are sort of you let you feel as burdened by your weaknesses um, so I really love uh, working with spec labs I, I think it's really really helped me out and um, yeah I think if you got if everybody if anybody listening to this wants like a you know like a song or a or a graphic for their their project or their business like hit hit them up uh, because they they've got tons of great people working with them and they can easily you know they've got a person that can do whatever you want so hit them up yeah
0: I and and I love that I didn't have to go looking for you guys that I got connected to your work very easily um, by people who understand your work and you guys were the right people for the job and I know that you know in the future when we come to spec labs for work I'm going to meet you know I'll get the opportunity to work with you guys again but I'm going to meet other artists too so Garth and as our parting note you got a lot going on at spec labs right now we put in people can go to speclabs.org to to hear all about classes if you've got a Uh, somebody in your life that you feel has artistic talent or that they're not sure what they want to do, but they seem to have that artist in their soul. Spec labs is a great place to go. You guys are doing in person, but are you still doing online classes?
3: Yeah. Yeah. We, we have an element of online, so we still have an animation class that's online. We actually have a free social hour that's online. You can check out our Facebook page for that facebook.com slash spectrum laboratory. and we also have a mindfulness class, a mindfulness and yoga class that's being offered online. Um so yeah, we do have a few things online and then we're we're offering a lot of things in person this round, a lot of acting classes, music, voice acting.
0: Check out what they're doing guys because it's absolutely amazing. I, I you have lots of fans, so it's it's presumptuous of me to say I'm your biggest fan. But I'm in line to be your biggest fan because uh, the work that you guys like. If you just have time this afternoon, go look at some of the videos that their students have done. It will uplift your day. Um, but know that all elements of the things that are being done are are up for grabs. You have a band. You you know there are all different kinds of art and performance that you guys facilitate. Uh, it's yeah, yeah, it's
3: just you know if for anyone out there, please just connect with us Um, if you want to know more, if you want to talk to me, um, uh, just get in touch, visit our site, drop us an an email. Um, We'd love to tell you more about what we're doing.
0: But if you have a job that is something creative um, and you're like, I just don't know who to go for this, please go to Spec Labs. It's the smart thing for you to do. It's the smart thing to do to everybody walk our talk. And to give these wonderful artists more experience—that's you just heard Amos say that—that's you know—and you heard Sean say that too, that that's what's helped them to grow, and they're doing—and you will get the best work. So um, just do that now. Uh, We have to go, but I thank all of you uh, for your wonderful artistry and for your beautiful souls and what you bring to your artistry. It's we love having that be a part of uh autism live and now the autism network so thank you thank you thank you i want to say to our viewers that we're back tomorrow we have a special show matt asner and nava paskowitz at asner are going to be with us tomorrow to talk about this event that they have coming up their gala they're doing another table read of it's a wonderful life and the people starring in it the list is like crazy um there's somebody new that they're going to announce tomorrow that's brand new to the cast an oscar winner okay um so we're going to go through that with them and find out how you can attend online this really fun table reading so until then thank you all at spec labs thank you all for watching we'll be back tomorrow until then give your kiddos thanks shannon and one for you too bye bye for now bye
2: Bye -bye. bye thanks